Man, powerful. Thanks, worship team. Appreciate you guys. Hey, join me in a word of prayer. Father God, I have one request today, and that's a, your Holy Spirit permeate this room. Uh, fill this space, fill our hearts, fill our minds, teach us new things, and may the words that I speak be the words that you uh, want us to hear today. And so, Lord, I just pray that they wouldn't fall on deaf ears and deaf hearts. I pray this in the power of the Holy Spirit and in Jesus Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, hello, Edinburgh. It's good to see you. Glad, glad you could be here this morning. I do also just want to say hello to anyone watching online as well. Glad to have you join us. Or hey, if you're watching this at a later time, that's great as well. Hope God will use this message in your life. If you don't know who I am, my name is Joshua. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I love my job. I really do. I love this church. And we started a series last week called What in the Word? Obviously, that's a play on words, <laughs> uh, on the phrase, what in the world? And uh, so I thought before we dive into what in the Word, because we're looking at things in the Word, in the Word of God, that can be challenging. It can be confusing for us to understand. But before we dive into today's topic, I just thought, yeah, you know, I love this phrase, what in the world? I used to say that all the time. So I thought, well, Brent shared some things last week. I just want to share a few things that I think, like, they just make me go, what? I don't understand this. What in the world, right? So for example, why is it that everywhere, anywhere you go in the world, they call it duck, duck, goose. But here in Minnesota, it's duck, duck, gray duck, right? I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't understand why the rest of the world is wrong. Um, but it's Doug the Great We all know that. Uh, that's just one of those things that makes me scratch my head. Another one is this, and this is a moaner. Why are fanny packs coming back into style? <laughs> Seriously, can we? No. If you, just say no to the fanny pack, okay? Uh, by the way, doesn't this picture, doesn't this picture kind of look like Pastor Brent and Pastor Tyler? <laughs> At like some weird jazzercise class? I'm just... Now that image is going to be stuck in your head all week, I hope. Okay. You know, the, the, the other one that kind of just makes me go, what in the world is, is I go to a, a friend's house or a neighbor's house and, and I, I go into their restroom to use their restroom and for some reason, the toilet paper is wrapped down the back side instead of over the top like it's supposed to be. And I always have to correct them. I always have to flip it around for them. I just, I don't understand these people. So please, please, let's pay attention to the diagram here. Okay, over the top, yes. On the back, no. If you don't, if you don't replace it, may God have mercy on your soul, okay? Just, that is not cool. Please replace the roll of toilet paper when you're done, okay? What in the world is wrong with you, right? Well, friends, there's lots of things in the world that make me say, what? I just, I don't get it. And likewise, there are lots of things when it comes to Christianity that are they're no different. There are aspects of our faith that can make no sense. They can be confusing, even if you've been a Christian for a long time. Even when fully explained, right, they're not easy to understand. And we're looking at some of those topics in this series. Now, Pastor Brent did a fantastic job last week launching the series and talking about worship. And if you missed that message, please go out online and watch it. It's so good, so good. Why do we gather and sing songs? You know, there's, there's power in that and there's importance in that. Please check out that message. And today, I want to talk to you about a topic that's often hard to understand, especially as Christ followers, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Let me just start with this. What do you think about when you think of the Holy Spirit? What comes to your mind, okay? Is it something mystical? Something mythical, mystical? Is it something weird or confusing that only super spiritual people can understand? Maybe you think of a ghost, as the Holy Spirit's often been referred to as the Holy Ghost. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe, maybe you don't know what to picture, okay? Maybe you've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. I have no idea where you're at. But regardless of what comes to mind, I believe the Holy Spirit is just one of those subjects that can be hard to understand and confusing. It is. Now, friends, I've been a Christian for 25 years, and I've been a part of countless Bible classes, college classes, and schooling on theology and the topic of the Holy Spirit. And I stand in front of you right now with this disclaimer. I can tell you I still cannot fully grasp the complexity of what the Holy Spirit is. I just can't. And the reality is, and I'm not trying to be Johnny Raincloud, okay? The reality is I don't think any of us will fully understand the Holy Spirit this side of eternity. I just don't. He's so incredible, he's so massive, he's so complex, he's so amazing that I will not have enough words or the right words to give him the credit that he's due. But nevertheless, I want to help us, I want to explain and help us understand who the Holy Spirit is today. Cool? All right, let me start by showing you this illustration. This picture up here is called the infinite staircase. Maybe some of you have seen this. Now, no matter where you put yourself on that staircase, if you try to go up the stairs, you'll find that it doesn't go anywhere. Now, let me ask you this. Have any of you felt like this is your life? Maybe there have been times in your life where you just feel stuck, like, why am I not going anywhere? Maybe you're frustrated by a situation or a circumstance that just goes in circles. Well, friends, the reason you feel maybe like you're stuck on the staircase is this, because you weren't designed to just stay put. You were designed to grow. You were designed to have momentum. You were designed to spread your wings. You were designed to move forward. I've been in these places in life before. You just feel stuck, like you just have no forward movement. But friends, likewise, our faith, our faith in Christ is designed the same way. We're designed not to feel stuck. We're designed to move forward. We're designed to grow. We're designed to be stretched and get closer and better at this thing called faith in Christ. That's how we're designed. Friends, the Holy Spirit is part of what will help bring that progress and that direction to our lives, not continue walking around stuck on the infinite staircase. When we understand and tap into the Holy Spirit, we are tapping into the energy-creating, life-giving, personal presence of God. And when we tap into the Spirit, you know what he does? He puts life in motion. He helps us head somewhere. He guides our actions, and he fills me with the power of God to move forward and get unstuck. Bottom line, friends, the Holy Spirit makes me a better person. He does. Look at what the Spirit can provide in our lives. Look at what the Holy Spirit can give us. Look at Galatians 5. It says this, but the Holy Spirit, I bet you've heard this before, a lot of you, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Now, I stand in front of you to tell you this. I could use more of all of those in my life. I just, I can. I hope that you would join me in saying, yeah, I could use more of those things in my life. I hope you, I hope you crave these things. Well, now, here's the best part. Because later on, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says this in 1 Corinthians 3. I love this. Don't you realize, don't you realize that the Spirit of God, the Spirit that produces those fruits that I just mentioned, that Spirit of God lives in you. Cool. I want more of those fruits in my life, friends. I want to feel unstuck. I want my faith to have momentum and move forward. And now God's word says that that spirit that produces that, those things in my life, that produces forward momentum, lives in me if I am a Christ follower. That's good news. That's great news. Now the big question is how? How do we do this? What does this look like? Well, friends, we do this by gaining a deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit. We have to get intimate with the Holy Spirit. We have to understand him greater. Now, if you've noticed, I've been referring to the Holy Spirit as a he. And that's been intentional. I have not been referring to it as an it. What's most important, friends, and don't miss this, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Why does that matter? Because the Holy Spirit is a person you can interact with. Okay? He's not a gut feeling. He's not an it. He's not some out there impersonal force or energy. He's not the force from Star Wars. Okay, Sorry, Star Wars nerds. He's better than that. He is a person who has feelings, intellect, and emotions. That's the Spirit. Friends, the Holy Spirit is also the third person of the Trinity. You've maybe heard this. God the Father. Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, all part of the Trinity with different roles to play in our lives. That's another one of those things I don't believe we will ever fully wrap our brain around, but it makes me go, whoa, God is so big and so awesome. Another thing to know is that the Spirit is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. The Old Testament, which was written primarily in Hebrew, the word for Spirit is ruach. And in the New Testament, which is written primarily in Greek, the word is pneuma. Now, both are better translated, I love this imagery, as breath or wind. Friends, that's what the Holy Spirit, he's a fresh wind. Imagine being stuck in the middle of a lake on a sailboat with no wind. Not very exciting. Not going to go very far. Friends, the Holy Spirit wants to be that wind that will propel your life forward, to give you momentum, to get you unstuck when you feel stuck, to give you guidance and direction. He wants to breathe new life into whatever your circumstances are, no matter what the challenges you are facing or how stuck or stagnant you feel. The Holy Spirit wants to be there with you because he's a personal being. So friends, with our remaining time, I just want to show you three ways, three ways that the Holy Spirit operates in our lives, okay? First is this, man. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit is a guide. Look at what it says in John 16. It says, when the Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. Maybe you're here and you're like, I could use a little more guidance in my life. 
Maybe you remember times in your life where you've needed that extra guidance in your life. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, bring clarity and guidance. I remember hearing a story about a couple from the Midwest right here, and they were decided to take a road trip out to the West Coast. Now, of course, you've got to go over the Rocky Mountains. So this couple started driving, and they got to Colorado, and they started head to head up uh, this, the mountains, up into the mountains. And they were almost kind of to the peak, kind of to crest, when this terrible storm moved in, just terrible. They could just, bad snow, bad vision. I mean, they could barely see 12 inches in front of them. And it was so bad, they didn't know what to do. So they pulled off the side of the road, and they prayed. They said, God, <laughs> what should we do? Should we head back? Should we just stay here and wait this out? Or should we keep going? And they felt just kind of that nudge, that promise, like, keep going, I'm going to take care of you. So they very slowly pulled back out on that highway, and they started to drive uh, the, the interstate they were on. And all of a sudden, these taillights showed up in front of them. I'm like, where did that come from? And those taillights, for the next several hours, I kid you not, guided them down the exact road that they needed to go down. And it gave them vision and clarity because they saw where the turns were in the road, where the winds were. And after hours of following these taillights, they finally made it to the town at the bottom of the mountainside. And that, that, those taillights kind of turned off a side road and disappeared. And they were like, what? And they, got, they found a hotel, checked in at the hotel, and they were telling the clerk there what had happened. And the clerk was like, mister, I don't know what you're talking about, but that road's been closed for two days. And they sat there stunned, and they didn't know. They didn't know, okay, God, was that just a vision that you gave us to guide us? Or did you actually provide a vehicle, an all-terrain vehicle, to bring us to safety? But they praised God for that. But friends, isn't that like life sometimes? You can't see 12 inches in front of you, and you don't know what to do. Isn't that like life? Friends, without the Holy Spirit, I can tell you this. I will almost always make the wrong decisions. I will say the wrong thing, and I will even lead others astray. And it seems like the older I get, the higher the stakes. As a husband, as a father, as a church leader, friends, I need the Holy Spirit now more than I ever realized. Without him, without him as a guide, I'm telling you, I'm hopeless. I have a picture of a young couple up here on the screen. That, uh, that beautiful creature on the right would be my wife. The one on the left, I know him, he's kind of a moron. Um, <clears throat> but I wish, so this, this is a picture taken shortly after we got engaged. Now, I wish I could stand before you and tell you that, man, throughout all, we met in college and, and I, we just had the best, most amazing dating relationship and courtship. I wish I could tell you that I said all the right things at the right times and I brought flowers at all the right times. And when she said, what do you think of this outfit? I knew exactly what to say. And I just nailed it, right? Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, if you heard smirking from over there, it was probably my wife. We had an on again, off again relationship. It was up and down. It was painful at times. And I'm telling you, and I mean this, all of it was my fault. I'm not kidding. I had issues. I had challenges that I needed to work through. But God kept nudging me. And we graduated. I moved to Iowa. I got my first full-time job in ministry. And she got a job here in the cities. And we stayed in touch. And God just kept poking me and poking me like, you moron. 
you, you are so clueless. It's like, don't you realize that this is the gal that I've chosen for you. She's going to be your helpmate. She's your soulmate. And thank the Lord I paid attention to the Spirit and asked her to be my wife. Now, just a couple weeks ago, sitting around the kitchen table, uh, we have two kids, they're 15 and 12, and we're playing board games, table games, and we're just, we're laughing, and we're eating popcorn, and we're just being silly, and we're just having a blast. It was just a, it was just a warm family moment. And as I looked at my wife across the table and the joy she had being with family, and I looked at my kids engaging with us, laughing, I had a thought. I could have missed all of this because I could have ignored the prompting of the Holy Spirit to ask Christina to be my wife. And friends, that makes me wonder how many of us are missing opportunities for blessing because we ignore the Holy Spirit. We've pushed him aside. Christina and I aren't perfect, you guys. We try to listen to the Holy Spirit, but we're not always faithful in that. But I don't want to miss opportunities. I don't want to miss opportunities. Now, some of you might be wondering, okay, how? How, do you, how does the Holy Spirit guide me? What does that look like? Well, three thoughts on that. Three thoughts on that. First, it's those inner promptings. It's those, those nudges and those tugs that you sense. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. There have been very few times in my life where I have been absolutely certain that it was God speaking to me. Very few times. Friends, often he's trying to guide my life through inner promptings, those, those tiny little nudges, those inner tugs. That's the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is constantly trying to get our attention and talk to us. Friends, the question for all of us is this. Are we paying attention? Are we paying attention? Because it's possible to quench the Spirit by ignoring what He wants you to do or by ignoring Him so often that you'll stop recognizing His voice. But the better you get at hearing and responding to those promptings, the better you'll get at hearing the promptings in the first place. Another good question to ask, and I've asked myself this before, is, well, how do I know if that's the Spirit prompting me or if that's just my thought, Right? That's a great question, right? And, and that's, there's no easy answer to that, I'm going to be honest. But I do have a thought on that. And I would say this. Friends, the more time that you spend with him, the more you will know that it's him. I know there's lots of people who claim to hear from the Holy Spirit, but really they're simply listening to what they want and their own agendas. And sadly, there are some people who will abuse this idea that they've heard from God. And friends, so it's important that we check to make sure those prompts from the Spirit are true. And there's ways to do that, to confirm those prompts from the Spirit. Another way that the Spirit guides us through those inner promptings is other people. It's other people. Often God has used Christ followers in my life to confirm what he's guiding me to do. Maybe you've got this something on your heart, something on your mind that just sticks there and you're like, what is this? Is this God through the Holy Spirit trying to get my attention? Maybe you share that with brothers and sisters, right? Sometimes they will be the vessel that God uses to confirm what you sense God sharing in your life. I know this has been true in my life. In fact, I wouldn't even be here at Edinburgh if, it had not, if I had not listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit 
and then heard confirmation of that prompt from other people, Pastor Brent being one of them. I think a third way that we can know and check whether this is from the Spirit or not, when we have that inner prompt, maybe we're sharing that with brothers and sisters who can speak truth to us. God uses others. But the third way is God's Word. God's Word. It's the Bible. Friends, the Holy Spirit will never contradict what is in God's Word, ever. This is so important. If you feel a prompting from the Holy Spirit, check to see if it's confirmed and true to God's Word. If it, go, go, if it goes against the principles and the truths in God's Word, that's not the Holy Spirit. Because um, the reality is, guess what? It's the Holy Spirit that helps us understand the Bible in the first place. <laughs> I mean, we could read that book and be like, I don't understand these. But it's the Spirit that helps us understand those. Uh, J.D. Greer, who's a, a pastor that I really admire, he wrote a book called Jesus Continued. And he says this. He says, the Spirit takes God's timeless truths, okay, takes the Word of God and makes them come alive in us. He helps us understand them, shows us how to implement them, and empowers us to accomplish them. That's such a good quote. The Spirit and the, and the Word of God work together in our lives. That's how we can know. So friends, i got to ask you, is the Spirit trying to get your attention? Is there a phone call you need to make this week? Is there an email to send? A conversation to start? Is there forgiveness to extend? Is there an apology to make? A relationship to end? Is there a decision to address? Maybe there's a dream to pursue. And I can tell you this, if you're spending time in God's word, if you're rubbing shoulders with brothers and sisters in Christ and you sense that prompting and people have said, you should, you should explore that, don't ignore the prompting if it lines up with God's word. Follow through on that. The Holy Spirit wants to guide your life. That's the first operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. A second way that the Holy Spirit operates in our lives is the Holy Spirit protects us. He protects us. Look at what it says in Romans 8, 26. It says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Well, friends, when are you most vulnerable to attack? When you're weak, right? But this tells me the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Have you had those moments where you just feel weak? Like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, you don't have what it takes. Like, what am I, I don't have what it takes. Friends, I feel that, I feel that way half the time I come to, <laughs> to work here. I'm like, I do not have what it takes to do my job. I know the feeling. Maybe you're hearing like, I, I don't have the energy. <sighs> like, I don't have the will to parent another day. Ever been there? I hardly have the strength to get out of bed in the morning. I know that feeling too. Friends, the Spirit is there to help us in our weakness. Paul goes on in that same verse. He actually gives us an example of how the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Look at what it says. It says the, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I'm sure you've probably had moments in life where you are so overwhelmed that you don't even know what to pray. It's like the weight is just too heavy. It's such a burden, and you don't know what to do. This verse 
tells me that the Holy Spirit is groaning and praying on your behalf. I'm so grateful for that. He wants to strengthen, friends, and empower you more in those moments because there's a great strength available to you through God. I don't pray these exact words, but I pray just about every day, whether that's in the car, taking my daughter to school before I head to work, or at night with my family, I pray something to this effect. I pray, Holy Spirit, protect my life, protect my family, protect my church. I pray against any evil that would seek to destroy and tear down these things in my life. Fill me with more of your spirit to do what is good and right. That's a prayer I try to do at least every day. Friends, you have a great spiritual power available to you. So I gotta ask, are you praying for protection over those things, over your family, over your spouse, over your kids, over our church, over your job, your coworkers? He's given us a great spiritual power, not just to be comfortable But I think that's what a lot of church people think it's about, being comfortable. That's not what it's about. He's given us that power to push back the darkness and be used by him to accomplish great things. And that brings me to the final point that I want to make, friends. Friends, the Holy Spirit empowers us. He does. The Holy Spirit empowers us. When Jesus left earth, okay, when Jesus, he died, he rose from the dead, he, he conquered sin, he gathered his followers, and he said this to his, his, his brothers and sisters. He says, listen to me, you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power. Now, what kind of power are we talking about? I think that's a good question. What kind of power? Romans 8, this is what Paul says. Now, listen to this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life, he will give breath, he will give wind to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Man, I hope you don't miss what Paul is saying in this verse because the same power that brought about the most extraordinary event in history, which we're going to celebrate in a few weeks, yeah, It's going to be awesome. That's the same Spirit of God that lives in you. Wrap your brain around that. God gives us the power to do all types of things. Now, there's kids in here. Okay, please don't hear like, sweet. Does that mean I can fly? No. Does that mean I could like punch through buildings? No, that's not the power that we're talking about. But friends, the Spirit does give us power to do all types of things. He gives us power to be obedient. He gives us power to love those who are hard to love. He gives power to resist and overcome sin. He gives us power to pursue God's dream for your life. He gives you power to live more like Jesus and make a difference in this world. Now, to help us do this, I don't know if you knew this, but I think this is so cool. He's given us one or more spiritual gifts, okay? I'm not making this up. This is biblical, The Spirit says, I'm going to give you spiritual gifts to help you carry out God's plan for your life. Okay, I have a, I have a, um, some of you might be like, well, what's a spiritual, what's a spiritual gift? I would define a spiritual gift this way. It's a supernatural ability 
given to every believer to do God's work on earth. That's how I would define a spiritual gift, a supernatural ability given to every believer to do God's work on earth. And now, I've, this might not be an exhaustive, but I've put some of those spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives Christ followers on a chart. Things like administration, discernment, evangelism, people that just, they, they have to tell people about Christ. They have, the, they have the spiritual gift of evangelism. Things like faith, giving, healing, hospitality. Maybe you're just one of those people, you will go you will bend over backwards to make someone feel at home, to feel at peace. That's hospitality. Maybe giving, you know, maybe you're just like, you know, God has blessed me financially or with time to serve. Friends, maybe you have a spiritual gift of giving. Leadership, mercy, miracles. Yes, it still exists. Pastoring, prophecy, service helps, teaching, tongues, interpretation, wisdom. These are, there's so many incredible gifts that the Spirit gives us people. And when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit enters your life and he gives you spiritual gifts. Now, friends, I do just want to say a quick thought on tongues and interpretation of tongues. Because this one can be talked about a lot, but not understood correctly. Tongues is a prayer language that doesn't make sense unless you have the gift of interpretation of tongues. Okay? Do some people have this gift? Yeah. It still exists today, but let me be clear. We don't promote its use in public corporate worship settings because it can cause confusion and division. In fact, Paul even said that in Corinthians. When he was talking to the Corinthians, he's like, don't use tongues in corporate worship. Why? It's going to freak people out. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Yeah, it's a spiritual gift. It's incredible. But we don't promote it in public worship because if someone was newer to the faith, you're going to wig them out. <laughs> Friends, there are some denominations that will even teach that you have to have the gift of tongues in order to prove that you're filled with the Spirit. Let me just say, friends, that is completely false. That is incorrect doctrine, friends. That teaching has done a lot of damage to the church and the reputation of the church over the years. And you know what? It's hurt a lot of people. People can have the gift of tongues, but you don't have to possess that gift in order to be filled by the Holy Spirit. Now, personally, my top three spiritual gifts are administration, leadership, and teaching. And the truth is, I'm not perfect at any of these, okay? I still have to work really hard at them. I do. But when I use them, when I use the spiritual gifts, okay, it's, it's like there's a natural rhythm, to what I'm doing. It just comes naturally. I find, I find this like enjoyment and peace and fulfillment in doing those things because I'm using the gifts like God's wired me to do. Friends, that's what I want for you. I want you to feel that. I want you to experience that part of the Holy Spirit in your life, to know that God is using you. Now, maybe you're here, okay, and you're like, how would I even find out? Like, how do I even have a clue? Well, that, I'm going to put something on our website this week. And I, for lack of a better term, I'm just going to call it a spiritual gifts inventory, okay? It's just a simple, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a science, okay? It's not like we have this magic wand and we can wave it over you and you know, oh, your spiritual gifts are X, Y, and Z. It's not how it works. But it's a tool that might clue you in as to what God's gifted you to do. And so if you're interested in that, check that out this week on our website, okay? It's just a simple, simple little test answering some questions. But friends, if you, if you want and you're interested, do that. Because I believe 
you begin to see a little bit more of how you're wired, how God created you and made you unique. Do you know what God actually calls you? He calls you a masterpiece. Part of him making you a masterpiece is the spiritual gifts that he gives to you. Friends, I want you to see how God can use you inside the church, but I want him to see how God can use you outside the church as well to make an impact and an influence on people. Amen? That's what I want for you. Jesus actually said this to his disciples. He was gathering. He's like, well, guess what? I'm going to have to go eventually. But believe me, that's a good thing. Here's what he said in John 16. He said, "Jesus, this is Jesus talking. In fact, I just want you to know, it's actually best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the Spirit won't come. But if I do go away, then I'll send him to you. Jesus saying, it's actually better for him to go away. Like, I'm not going to lie, there's days that I want Jesus still on the planet. <laughs> God, Jesus, can you just show up and show me what to do? But Jesus said, no, no, no. It's going to be better if I leave because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the best part. Here's the cool part. I love this. When that happens, when we receive Christ into our lives, God says, this is awesome. I'm going to carry out my plan, my work, and my mission through you now. We get to pick up the mantle of what Jesus started and keep moving the ball down the field. Friends, God wants to use your life in supernatural ways to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in this life. And he does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you about a friend of mine who I am just proud as a peacock to be friends with this guy. We were, we were roommates in college, and I just deeply respected him. He's a man that just loved the Lord. And... It started out, his name was Tony and uh, his wife, Jill. And Tony started out as a youth pastor in Chisago City. And over working with the kids, he just noticed there were areas of the city that were broken, that just there was poverty and, and brokenness. And he was able to kind of pinpoint that a lot of that pain was coming from trailer, trailer neighborhoods. And as he was walking through one of those neighborhoods, the, the spirit just whispered to him, Tony, this is your mission field. I said, what? This is your mission field. I said, okay. And he listened to the promptings of the Spirit. And him and his wife, they moved into the trailer neighborhood. They bought, they bought a trailer home. And he started a ministry called Treetop Kids. And every week, it would minister to kids that were coming from broken, pain-filled homes. And God started to use that ministry. And after seven years of that, God, God planted a new dream. God actually planted a dream for him to start a ministry farm. And after eight years of praying and waiting, it happened. Check out this video of my friend. Twelve years ago, God used a four-year-old girl in a red dress in the middle of a trailer court so that he could whisper these words. You don't have to cross the ocean to find a mission field. With these words, he captured my heart for the kids living in trailer court communities. For the last 11 years, Jill and I have lived in that trailer court, ministering to those kids. We've seen kids caught in cycles of learned behaviors, things like drug addiction, abuse, violence, and broken relationships, where 10% of the kids know what it's like to come home to mom and dad living together and married. It's time to stop the cycle. That's why God's leading us to start a farm for kids, a farm where they will experience life, faith, and family with every visit where horses, sheep, goats, 
fields and forests will be the tools that we use to bring healing, to introduce the gospel message, and to build strong character and work ethic. We want to surround these kids with loving adults that will mentor them and show them God's design for family. The farm will be a place where kids will experience life, faith, and family. Because kids cannot repeat what they've never seen. Friends, Treetop Kids works with over 100 kids in its different programs today. They have mentoring programs, summer programs, and family modeling programs that teach kids every aspect of life, physical, spiritual, social, emotional. My friend Tony and his wife Jill, they model life, they model faith, and they model family in everything they do. And I am proud to call Tony my friend. And friends, I'm even prouder of the impact he is making for the kingdom of heaven. Countless kids and adults have come to faith in Christ through Treetop Kids Ministry. It's incredible. But friends, listen to me. It would never have happened if Tony hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit. Friends, if, if, if the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit can use Tony and Jill to do what they're doing, listen to me. He can use you too. Believe it. Believe it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. So friends, here's my action step for you this week. Here's my prayer for you. What I want you to do this week, every day, as you start your day, I just want you to pray three things. It's not rocket science. It's not hard. Just pray. When you get up, say, God, Holy Spirit, protect my life. Holy Spirit, empower me. And Holy Spirit, guide me this week. Pray that every day this week and see if God doesn't show up through his Holy Spirit and do those things in your life. Amen? Cool. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, we are weak, <laughs> weak, weak. And that's not a slam on us. That's just the truth. There are so, there's so many times in life where it's hard and difficult. And we need you, we need you, we need you. Thank you, Jesus for beating death and actually leaving so that you'd give us the Holy Spirit. God, I just want to pray for my brothers and sisters in this room that you would indeed guide them, that you would protect them, and that you would empower them this week ahead. God, be that little nudge, that little prompt that encourages them to take a step of faith and be obedient to what you've asked them to do. Who knows, maybe it's something even bigger. But God, use it for your kingdom and for your glory, Lord. We love you. We love you. Lord, we just want to make you proud because we love you back. We pray this in the strong, strong name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Thanks, you guys, for coming. It's great.